Talk about life. Hello, hello. I'm Viana Novis. This is Creatively Relating. Today on the show, I'm excited to share a conversation that I had with my friend, Nick Strack. Nick is somebody who I always hold in my mind and often like to imagine what they might do in a situation as it relates to parenting. Nick supports parents and those who have a desire to become parents in creating um, a custom parenting style. And their work really supports um, and honors the process of as parents, how we embrace our own and our child's humanity. Their tagline for their work is the relationship you have with yourself defines the relationship you have with your child. So beautiful. And you hear me talk about it on the episode, but I often have a, what would Nick say? What would Nick do? Uh, question ringing in my mind when I reach moments of tension or moments in parenting where I just don't know what the action is. I know what I want to go after and I don't know what the action is. Nick has studied uh, with Dr. Jen McCabe as well and with uh, James Olivia, their friends and in the community, in the Lead, Gather, Relate community. Um, They're in Dr. Jen McCabe's leadership program right now. Uh, They, when you hear me work through skills, starting next month, you'll get to hear that process on the show. Uh, Just a little peek into that process anyway. Um, They've worked through skills and they're on to the um, upper level programs in that uh, school of training. That's that mindset. I don't really know how to relate, how to to describe all of this. I still am grappling with words for what unfolds in the lead gather relate universe (laughs) but what you hear on the show and what you hear in nick's perspective is informed through that lens and i just wanted to share that so you have that knowing going into this episode and of course nick brings their own experience and desires and awareness and unique way of being in the world to those skills, which I love to witness and uh, be a part of. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I surely enjoyed getting to have this conversation. It was so early in the morning and there are very few people who I would open a 7 a.m. session for. Nick Strack is one of those people. (laughs) I adore this human And I hope that they will be back on the show many times, getting to have conversations about lots of different things. If you're not a parent, and if you don't have a desire to be a parent, honestly, I still recommend listening to this episode. As a person in the world, I find a lot of value in these things 
as I navigate the process of reparenting myself. So even though, you know, of course I have a child and I'm applying it to my relationship with my child, I also apply a lot of the things I learn about parenting to the process of reparenting myself. So even if you have no desire to be a parent, maybe try on that lens and see if this episode interests you through that perspective. There's so much more I could say about Nickstrack. The thing, I'm just gonna share a few more things. You know I'm flying off the cuff here without notes, so I'm just sharing my genuine love for this human. (laughs) One of the things that I love so much about Nick is their, the way that they meet life with humor and joy and being their friend, being a new friend and, and, you know, we've been in each other's orbit for a few years, but we're really just getting to start connecting in real time, which is very fun. Uh, I, I know that like all of us, right, their struggle to be that in the world. And my experience is that they are just going after personal responsibility with so much gusto. And I, it's just such a delight to witness. And even in tenderness, I still see and experience their joy and their humor. And it just, it's so, it's one of the things I value and appreciate so much about their way of being in the world. They're in the tenderness and also the joy simultaneously. I feel like they embody this experience I have of paradox with such grace. And it's such a pleasure and honor to witness. So enjoy Nick's track. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, give a follow on Instagram, share. You can find me on Instagram at viana.novus, V-Y-A-N-A dot N-O-V-U-S. And all of those things really help. Uh, And also just, it's such a, such a gift to receive in the first week since the show's been out. I've been seeing your ratings and your reviews coming in and they mean so much. Honestly, it was quite tender to, to launch the show last week. I was in my feelings about it. I was feeling a lot of things. Uh, Things I wasn't really expecting. I'll share more about that in a a solo episode, but uh, your reviews mean so much. So thank you to everyone who's left one so far. And if you enjoy the show, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening. All of those things really help the show. And if you have stories to share, I would love to hear them. Call in 1-833-2-RELATE, 1-833-273-5283. Share your thoughts, share your stories, share your differences, share your questions, whatever you have. Even if you just want to call in and say hi, that's so welcomed. I really... I'm excited about getting to hear your voice as well. So if it's a little uncomfortable and maybe not something that you usually do, 
maybe you want to try it out here. It's just me on the other end. Nobody else hears it. It's just me getting to listen to whatever you have to share. And uh, I would love to hear what your thoughts are. So feel free to call in. And as you know, this show is supported by you, the listener. If you like this show, if you want to invest a couple dollars a month, that goes a really long way. $3 a month, $5 a month, $10, $20, whatever you have to give. On Patreon, you get access to everything I have to share for whatever you offer. However much you give, whatever your contribution is, every month you get access to the entire space. We gather once a month, we meditate together, I answer, do a community Q&A live. All of those videos are in the space, so If you sign up this month, you get access to all the past month videos. There are uh, new shares out every Tuesday. There's writing prompts, creativity exercises, and uh, of course the podcast, my free monthly uh, or free bi-monthly magazine called Feru that goes out to my mailing list. All of that is supported by Patreon. The photo shoots I do every month with Just Purple everything is supported by the Patreon. So if you enjoy this content, this free content I put out, come join the community over there. You'll get access to even more good stuff, including a live session and tools for stoking your own creativity and access to a really rad community. So come on over, patreon.com slash Viana Novus. And Even if you don't have the energy to engage with a new platform, giving a couple dollars a month there, that's how I show up to Patreon. When I support people, I don't even usually have time to interact with the extra content that they put up because there's just a lot going on. So I like to use the lens of supporting people whose work I enjoy and I don't even need anything extra. So that's also an option. If you're feeling saturated and like you don't have the bandwidth for more content, but you enjoy the show and you want to support it, you can come and contribute and you don't have to show up to the live events or any of the extra content. You can just enjoy listening to the podcast. Patreon.com slash Viana Novis. All right. Enjoy this episode with Nick Strack. Welcome to the show. Next track. <laughs> I thank you for being here. Oh my god, thank you for having me. I am so excited, and I I can't believe this is the first time we get to talk in real time. I know, I know. It's I, so fun. It's so fun. Okay, let's start before we get in with um, your name, your pronouns, your location, if you want to share, uh, anything about your identity, and any access needs you have today, or anything in, that's informing how you're arriving today all right name next track 
pronouns. <laughs> Don't put your copy out. Uh, pronouns. They, them. Uh, I'm coming in from a suburb north of Chicago. And identities. This one's so interesting for me. I used to lead with as many identities as I could. And now I have just been cultivating a different relationship with that, recognizing that sometimes I used to lead with my identities, um, hoping that you would make the correct assumptions about me if I shared just the right concoction of identities. And now I just lead with me and I may share identities as we go, um, but I don't lead with those anymore. And access points, I guess what I'm definitely coming in with today is tiredness. Um, this was like my fourth night of not having excellent sleep for various different reasons, but I just feel tired and my body has that kind of like heavy, weighty feeling to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming in with that. Um, and I also still totally wanted to have this conversation because I was like, this is going to be like three X coffee for me. So <laughs> like, I'm going to feel energized during and after this. So like, hello, I'm here. Otherwise, if I felt like I couldn't show up in the ways that I wanted to, I just, I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. But here I am because I'm stoked AF. <laughs> me too. I wish that moving my fingers like this could make some noise that <laughs> listeners could hear. <laughs> I'm uh, I feel such a similar way there there are not many people I would open a 7 a.m session for (laughs) I'm not that guy just in general not that guy like I usually wake up at 7 and spend the first 20 to 45 minutes of my day meditating oh my gosh because I'm not I'm not a morning person and that's a funny that phrase is, sounds hilarious to me right now. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I just I really appreciate sleeping in as much as I can, even when I go to bed early. And so meeting here this morning, I'm with you in the fatigue and the tiredness and the excitement and the the giddiness of of getting to talk in real time with you. It's been years in the making. Like literally. Yeah. And here we are. It's so wild. (laughs) It's so wild. And I also need to preface with this. (laughs) My therapist a few weeks ago, we were, we've been working through a lot of like the neurological impact of trauma in my life, both early childhood trauma and when I got sick and almost died and just the, what that trauma did to my body yeah can you hear the birds i did that's so sweet there there are these little birds that just came up under my awning right outside last year they built a nest there i wonder if they're gonna build another nest really cute okay that's really sweet little morning chirpies (laughs) um so we've been working a lot with this and what we where we've gotten to lately is that my my nervous system can't distinguish between like positive uh excitement and triggering traumatic uh stimulation all stimulation triggers my trauma response because that's just the pathway in my brain and so 
it, the way that manifests is I can get really excited about something and then I burn myself out really quickly because I don't actually know how to sustain a slow, steady burning yet. Okay. Everything that my body has hardwired is a quick burn for survival. So my therapist has literally given me, I just think it's so funny because one of my go-to phrases is, I feel excited. I'm so excited about this. I'm excited is often the phrase. And now in congruence, I excite. Like that's often where I go. And my therapist said, I don't want you to get excited. I don't want you to do things that are exciting. He was like, I want you to focus on things that are boring and don't elicit much reaction. And this was like a month and a half ago, maybe. And I, we've been working, you know, I've been, I started a new treatment and my body's feeling a little, I, ha I feel some new pathways forming. Mm. But I preface with this because I know I'm already feeling so excited about talking <laughs> to you. So it's something I'm gonna track in our conversation is watching myself get too excited. And when I feel myself going into that revved up place, I just come back to, I am neutrally inspired right Ooh. now. And it really does ground me, but it also is hilarious. And I think it, it just makes me laugh too, which I appreciate that it's not, it's just all this shit can get so serious and to bring the levity back and be like, yeah, it's funny. And it's, it's just, things are very silly here being human and I don't want to take it too seriously. You know, I take yeah. it very seriously and not seriously at all. The paradox. Oh God, same, yeah. same, same, same. <laughs> Oh, so where do you want to go today? What do you want to talk about? What's feeling exciting for you? My brain so often goes to parenting. <laughs> it's like, that's my thing. I like eat, sleep and breathe it, whether it's in my own relationship. Oh, I guess I will say. I have a child yeah. <laughs> who's four years old uh, who goes by the name Unicorn and currently uses she and her pronouns. Um, I just, I'm so curious about you and your relationship with Delu. And I saw that they're right about to turn three. Have they just turned three? On the 18th. So when? like two more weeks, two more oh weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, how are you? And how is that? It's just, I don't know so much about, you know, I watch your stories and I read your posts and I haven't had a live conversation with you until just this moment. Just this moment. <laughs> I'm just curious to know more about your experience of becoming a parent and being a parent and also being a whole human, like not just being limited to being a parent, but also having this one particular type of relationship with one human. Um. I'm just nosy and I'm fucking curious about anything you want to share. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel the same way about you. And it's funny because I sent you this an audio message. I, I kind of want to preface and let people know how we've how our relationship right. has formed, because yeah. even though it's our first time talking, like we've been texting and sending audio messages and have been 
connected on social media for a few years and emailed for a bit. And you, you reached out to me, I think it was like 2018. And because daily wasn't quite a year yet. So it was somewhere in there, maybe early 2019. But you reached out about um, a kid's book I wrote, which I still have in my back pocket. And I, I really, it's on my 2021 goal list to get it out into the world. Um, And you reached out about helping with that and helping bring that into the world. And normally I'm really like, I'm really reserved when um, people reach out because, you know, I just take seriously where I invest my energy and and who, and I didn't see anything about, I just saw that initial email and I, the flooding that I got was, Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are, but I want to know you and I want to be friends with you and I'm going to know you and we're going to be friends. Like I just had this, the rush of knowing and so I, you know, that I didn't even, I didn't even tell you that then. Cause I was like, I don't want to be a weirdo in this response and be like, hi, um, I don't know you, but let's be friends. And I know nothing about you, but I just got the hit that we're going to be friends. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> so this is, it's been a, it's been a long time in the making and just getting to have these audio messages recently has been so lovely to get to share that. Uh, voice connection and more of who we are and leading to here now. And then we'll be in community with Dr. McCabe. Yes. I'm very excited about that. Um, Can't wait to get skilled. (laughs) Um, Okay. So parenting, I feel the same way. And what I was referencing there with the audio messages was how recently I shared with you that sometimes I just think in my head, what would Nick do? (laughs) What would Nick do right now? It's like my guiding, guiding light. And a lot of it is total like projection. I don't know what you would actually do. You know, I don't have any idea, (laughs) but I just love thinking about parenting through your lens because you, one, I feel like we have a very similar guiding light and, and principle and desire to really uphold the autonomous being of these children that we have the opportunity to be in relationship with, that there isn't possession, there isn't identification through them. There is really a desire to honor their whole self. Mm. And um, so that feels really thrilling to connect with somebody else who's a peer and can, you know, hold that same desire. And knowing the fact that you're skilled which is also just, I love the way that we talk about this. Like, how do we talk about being skilled? I asked James Olivia this and they were like, I don't know. You just say we're getting skilled. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that that adds so much. And, and it is that thing, you know, you and Andre Renee and James Olivia, I can, what led me to wanting to get skilled was seeing the three of you be in the world. Mm. and seeing like, I don't know what you have, (laughs) but I want to have that. And when I talk to you, I think about the words I'm using in a way I don't think about it with other people. And (laughs) that was my cue where I was like, I want, I want to go in here. So the fact that skills informs your parenting is so thrilling to me and so exciting as I, you know, cusp into my journey into skills in yes. like three weeks I'll be starting. Oh my 
I didn't do the answer. Folks that are, oh, sorry. I didn't, didn't answer, answer my question. question I'm aware of that. <laughs> Second, I have a new question, which is: <laughs> Will the folks who are listening know any? Will they have context for skills or being skilled or getting skilled or any of that? (laughs) I've like vaguely talked about it, but because I haven't done it, I don't really know how to talk about it yet. I do have a, I have a little thing if you want it. Oh, yes, please. That would be amazing. Um, So Katie Meadows is the child of Ernie Meadows who developed the four skills of radical relating. Actually, I don't know if that's what they were called when he, I know that's what Jen calls them. Um, but Katie has talked about the skills as being skills to support me in knowing what I want, going after them, like going after what I want, being able to take care of myself in the face of not getting what I want and create the life I want to live. Okay. (laughs) And I'm, that's not like a direct quote. It was from my brain. So it's something I may have, uh, messed some of those words up, but essentially that's like the what getting skilled is about. And then also for me, a huge part of getting and using the skills uh, has been about really being able to competently relate to difference. Yeah. Where if someone has a difference of opinion or worldview or whatever that I'm not like I don't know how to say the words for this. Like, yeah, but I'm not like <laughs> trying to go and <laughs> like attack or defend um or ignore the difference or make it bigger or make it smaller, but just really be able to like regard and relate to this person and their difference in ways that take care of me, like while remaining committed to my integrity. And, um, and that's such a huge part of like me in my own life, but then also what I want to model uh, for uni, which is like difference is difference. It doesn't have to be a better, less than, like a good, bad kind of a situation. And I realize that there are times when I'm like, well, that person thinks this. Like, even just for me, the way that I do tone of voice, right? Like, it indicates the judgment that I have of difference. And so I've been really working on normalizing difference, both for myself and for uni, so that it can be like, hey, these people think differently than you do. Doesn't make doesn't mean anything about anybody. It's just, this is what they think. And you can either think that or not think that or whatever, but that it can just be much more um, like non-hierarchical, non-judgmental, non-value-based, like this yeah. makes someone better than or less than, Yeah. but really like, oh, this person has a difference. Um, what now? It's so liberating. So fucking liberating. Truly. Truly. Tr- the phrase that I've that I feel is cracking me open and changing my way of being in the world is we might have a difference here. I, since that phrase has entered my lexicon, I feel more human, less human. (laughs) I like, I can relate easier to humans. Like everything Mm. feels lighter and softer and more fluid and I can sit in these moments and Dr. McCabe put something up on her Instagram recently about being triggered. I don't know if you yes. saw that yet in her stories. It was so brilliant just about being triggered. And and I love the way that she talks and I'm not even oh going to try to. It's <laughs> just so great. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at Dr. Jen McCabe, J-E-N-N. M-C-C-A-B-E. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spelling out loud. Dr. Dot. Thank you. Um, 
so she had this whole thing about being triggered and how, you know, we're, we're giving so much of our power to the other person to say, you have to change. So I'm okay. Right. And so that, that along with this phrase, that perspective on being triggered of just, this is fully my responsibility. You might know, I might share with you that I'm triggered, that this thing, that this is difficult for me. And I am not expecting any change in your behavior because why? Why would I expect you to change when I could go after being competent at supporting my own self in the face of my own pain? Right. Why why would I limit my opportunities for taking care of myself and delegate that to you? I mean, I can say in the past it's been because I've been under-resourced, because I was reacting to my trauma and not able to respond to it. Mm. And that's what getting skilled has – just even in this early phase working with James Olivia and getting skills through them, the way that it's shifting me is giving me more capacity to pause and let the flooding of trauma move through me a bit so that I can be present and in the moment so that I have the opportunity to choose relating and not reacting. And it just, everything feels more fluid here. That, that phrase, you know, we might have a difference here paired with this shifted understanding about how I relate to my own trauma. It's absolutely liberating. Yes. Yes. Feels so radical. The radical relating, it feels radical in our world because what I see in, you know, the wellness or the mindfulness community is so much talk about, you know, cutting out toxic people, right. you know, just, it, and and I've been there myself, you know, where you just put up these hard boundaries and distance yourself and dispose of people in your life. And sometimes it is really necessary to have a lot of space. Sometimes that's, I mean, there are a lot of people who were in my life when I was a child who are not in my life because that space was needed. But that, that process of seeing our cultural dialogue around how we react to triggers and how we react to quote unquote toxic people. What are toxic people? Right. Traumatized people. So just like me, <laughs> right? It's like, I think often, and I had a conversation with Jen about this. It's like this idea of like wanting to name or label other people or pathologize them in order to avoid engaging my responsibility for what I am going to do in my relationship with them, given how they're showing up and given where what I have going on. Yeah. Like when, like if we take away the like, oh, that was toxic. Like, cause again, what does that mean? Right. Like in, and I think I can't remember if we've talked about this, but stuff like I do my best to not do labeling of things kind of at all in my parenting of like good or bad, or like, this is better. This is worse or whatever. Like we just are really work. Like I am working on being super specific with my language instead of saying like, Oh, that is rude. 
mm-hmm. which to me is an abdication. It's like an avoidance of my responsibility by pinning it on a label. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I don't like that you did that. Yeah. It's so different, right? Or even that phrase, which is not necessarily a label, but for someone to say, oh, you're not listening to children. And I'm like, I have literally no idea whether or not you're listening. But what I do know is <laughs> I'm not getting what I want right now. Uh, right? That's the real truth of what's happening. But I think often people want to put it on their kids and like no shade on them in the sense of this is so culturally normalized mm-hmm. to be like, you're not listening. Mm-hmm. What to do when your child is not listening, right? Like they're like books and stuff on this. And it's like, oh, we have literally no idea what's going on with the child. All we know is that they're not probably doing the behavior that you asked them to do. Oh. That, like we can't go into their brains and say whether or not they're listening. We're so far outside of our lane when we're trying to make that assertion. But it comes back to this piece of like, if I say you're being rude, then it's a, it's your problem. Yeah, right? It's not mine anymore. Yeah. Now I've put my turd on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you clean this up. Oh my gosh. So yeah, the avoidance of responsibility being like, you triggered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about that of like, where does my okayness live? I think that's been one of the biggest pieces that I have been really tending to after getting skilled, um, as being like, am I putting my okayness in someone else's lap and requiring that they have a yes or do what I want in order for me to get it back? Or am I keeping it in my own lap and recognizing you are sovereign? I am sovereign. You may be willing to do a thing. Like, I may not expect that Eric make a different decision when I am feeling super activated in my ears. Like I have really big auditory sensitivities. Um, I may not expect that he will do something different, but I am now practicing asking if he's willing to do something different and having a plan to take care of myself in the face of him having a no. Mm. Like that's the piece that continuously keeps my okayness in my lap where I'm not dependent on him doing the thing. Like if it's, I ask if he's willing and then that puts my okayness with him and I only get it back if he says yes, then Mm -hmm. I'm fucked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now I'm practicing being like, this is what I'll do if he says yes and this is what I'll do if he says no. Mm. So then my okayness continues to reside with me. It's so impactful. Oh, the way the way this shows up in parenting too. And this, I mean, this is one of the things and why I have the question, what would Nick do cycling through my <laughs> head? <laughs> because applying the skills to parenting, you know, and we look at taking this perspective into adulthood, it's radical. When we look at leading in letting a child grow within this environment where skills are uh, a foundational element of life, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the world I want to live in. That's the future I want to be a part of. And if there can be some small way of working to create that, even in just one being, yeah. supporting one being, uh, having the skills to do that, I, I thought that feels good. Like, check. All right, I've done this human life well. <laughs> like, planted some seeds of personal responsibility in some profound way. But that requires such a devotion in the self, and and that's right now. I'm sitting in that. It's relentless. The way that we have to be. It, aware of our own 
aware of our own okayness. Yeah. In every moment. There really isn't, there isn't a rest from that. And, and that's, I mean, for me, that's okay because there's, there's so much reclamation of power in that process that there is also this kind of uh, influx of energy that comes with it that feels like it can match the relentlessness of the work. Yes. You know? Oh my God, yes. I was just thinking this morning as I was engaging with Unicorn after this really rough night of sleep, although for her, she seemed to... <laughs> This morning, I was like, how are you feeling? She's like, I feel very energized. (laughs) Like, daddy and I were exhausted AF, and this little human was like, I'm energized. (laughs) Um, But I was just, I was with her. We were getting ready to go downstairs or something, and she was like, and I was, and she asked me, she asked, what's your congruence? (laughs) Talk about congruence, which is just the sweetest thing to hear coming out of a four-year-old's mouth. She's like, mama, what's your congruence? And I was like, you know what? I'm feeling tired right now. And my congruence is I settle because I was just trying to like settle into the day. And and we talk about how like congruence is the decision that you're making in this moment. So anyways, with that, she was like, usually you get really angry at me in the morning if you're tired. (laughs) But today you're not. And I was like, it's true. Like there are times when I have such a difficult time staying calm and kind when I'm tired in the mornings and this morning or like really it was overnight when she woke up a bunch of times and made the decision that I would be the one to take her down in the morning so that Eric could sleep in and that I would just fucking show up for her the very best way that I could with whatever I was able and willing to do. And I just had this moment of I love like I just love and adore my relationship with her so much like so much and that she can be like you're usually so angry with me in the morning that I can be like yeah dude totally and not be like what no or like how could you say that you know like I'm just like first of all yes (laughs) (laughs) thank you for seeing me (laughs) exactly and second of all like yeah dude humans relating I show up as me. And I love like the relentlessness to me is matched in kind with the continuous feedback that I get in my relationship with her, which Mm -hmm. continues to like bolster my willingness to do this work that I'm doing, not only for myself, but also in service of my relationship with her and her relationship with herself. Cause Mm. I'm just like at four things land so quickly, like so quickly. We've just in the last week started to, I'm going to use these words, like clean up our language around the difference between a need and a want. Ugh. And yesterday, because we've been talking about like, and this was based on a conversation I had with James Olivia and several other folks that like a need is something that if I don't get it met, I will die. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a want. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this in regard last week. Ooh, okay. So good. I'm right it's, like right in there with you. It's so good. And holy fuck, do I use the word need not for needs by that definition. And so does uni. And yesterday we were hanging out and she went over and she's like, oh, I need to go get my doll. And then she paused for a second, looked at me and she said, I want to go get my doll. I'm not going to die if I don't get my doll. You know, like it was just 
just this like this and I'm talking it's been like a week like not even a full week I think since we've oh, been shifting that and so having the the short I'm doing air quotes like the short response like a quick feedback loop of like how quickly we can lay new tracks I'm just like oh my god like this is fun for me not in a like pressure oh I need to get this right kind of a way but like in this expansive like oh my gosh there's so much room for shifting and learning and establishing new habits and acknowledging where the old habits are not working for me and getting to be in live relating relationship with uni and getting to see how all of that lands kind of like yeah as it's happening and so that relentlessness yeah, that's that was my big long tangent about relentlessness and also my huge ever growing willingness to do that. Right. Like the yeah. foundation of my business, the phrase is the relationship you have with yourself defines the relationship you have with your child. Mm. And that so is at the heart real. of everything that I am up to with myself and with uni. It's so, so beautiful to get to hear you in real time talk about these things. And yeah, and just right, right in that with you. And the distinction, the subtle distinction of language, I'm, I'm chewing, chewing, chewing on so many distinctions right now. And of course, talking with James Olivia is facilitating a lot of that and also just getting more curious about my relationship, the the relationship that I personally have to language and how that's different than a lot of people, uh, you know, just I experience words in kind of this s- strange, I'm using air quotes way. Ooh, okay. Yes. <laughs> oh my Same. gosh. That's fantastic. Nick just held up a book. Do you want to read the title? I've just, it's a book. It's called Conscious Language The Logos of Now by Robert Tennyson Stevens. I have a lot of difference with the book. It's not <laughs> like, oh, this book and I, we are of the same mind. And there are parts in here which are so inviting me into a completely different way of thinking about how I create my worldview with my words and how my words also reveal my worldview all at the same time. Yeah. And so I'm just like super resonating with that language and words and worldview and creation and just like how they're all, they all influence each other. Completely, completely. And also how this is the thing I've been really thinking about. And I started this little IGTV series called Curiously Exploring, where I'm starting to pick at individual words. Oh my God. Yeah. The first one I did was patience. And this week I'm doing one on jealousy. And so I like open up a you know, conversation in my stories first to kind of hear what the community is saying. And then I read the definition of the word and talk about my reactions to the word. And then I share my congruence. So when I'm, when I am experiencing jealousy, here's actually what I'm up to. Because that's, you know, the word itself and the definition we have doesn't match my individual experience most of the time. Mm. And the combination for me of exploring language visually, which is how I really experience words. I have synesthesia, so words to me are colors and sounds and speeds, and they have density to them. And mm-hmm. I, I say words 
when I'm talking to somebody, it's like I can see their words as these bubbles around me. Mm. And some words are, you know, way high up and out of reach and some fall flat to the ground. And then there's a whole bunch of them that are accessible to me, some that are really familiar and some that I'm just like, what is that word? I want to dive into that bubble Mm. and explore that universe. And so I'm like, I always feel like I'm kind of floating in language and that it's this, it's very, it's a sensorial experience for me. Mm. And pairing that experience with understanding the way that language perpetuates or deconstructs our conditioning. Yes. I, I've just been getting into this relationship. And for me, it ties so much in, into parenting because I'm, I'm really looking at, like you said, the, the subtle distinction between need and want. I'm looking at where am I upholding power over dynamics? Where am I upholding uh, a sense of supremacy mm. in my language? And where is language holding supremacy over me? Ooh. Because that's a thing, that's that's my experience a lot of the time. And it's only in the past couple of months where I've been acknowledging and giving voice to the fact that I experience language as this multi-dimensional sensation forward experience that I can start to, I'm starting to pick at the way that language has had a control over me mm. in the ways that it's made me, it hasn't made me. It's my experience has been that I have felt dumb. I've felt less than, I've felt not smart enough in the face of trying to rate, relate to words in the way that I perceived other people relating to words. And I don't know what they were actually up to. I don't know right. what their actual experience. <laughs> this was totally a projection of what I assumed other people are experiencing with language. And it's based on what we collectively have and what we've had modeled for how we can go after communicating. And now coming into this new perspective of really using skills to pick at our experience and our the way that we're relating to ourselves as a mechanism for relating to others and to the world, I'm just seeing how how much language has the ability to distort reality for me. And there's so much there's so many layers here for me too. Before I gave birth, I every year I used to have an annual practice of taking 10 days of silence at home. Mm-hmm. And I would still go about my life. I would go to the grocery store, I would go for walks, whatever, and I would just wear a sign that said I'm in silence. And it was really about getting into my life and and witnessing my life and no, seeing the mechanism in me that would kick up and want to say something and what would it want to say and what would it do? Mm-hmm. And noticing the way people would interact with me. And one of the things that came out in this period of silence, I think this was maybe two years before I got pregnant, maybe the last one I did before I got pregnant, uh, the phrase is, words tarnish everything. Oh. And, you know, it's it's hilarious because it came out from this period in silence and it, in its language, but now I'm putting it into this whole new context in this moment mm. and, and seeing, oh, wow, yeah, that is 
so accurate for my experience of language. It tarnishes my experience and I'm trying to translate something that lives beyond words with words. And and then I think about how that shows up in my parenting and I'm really working right now to not lead with use your words. Oh, yeah. And it's hard because there's there is that that moment of m- wanting to model communication and and the reality of I don't know what you need unless you share with me what it is that you need. What are you after? I don't know. Yeah. I I can make assumptions and I would rather hear from you what it is that you are desiring in this moment. Yeah. So I can support that. How how do I and I have more questions right now than answers around this. It's a new thing I'm poking at, but how do I hold that modeling of the the really in order for us to relate to each other, communication in some regard has to happen. Yeah. So how do I hold that with also this uh personal belief that language distorts reality and Right now, what I have that I'm, again, still, it's still very fresh and I think something I'll be chewing at for a long time. I am working to start to ask Delu about their experience beyond words. Like, mm. can you show me a color that feels like it? holds what you're feeling right now or mm. can you do you need to move your body in some way you know it's so not just are you feeling frustrated but like right. let's add a movement to that in some way and can i understand that that movement equals this experience for you and when i see you having that movement then i can understand that is a way that you're communicating with me it doesn't always need to be through words it doesn't always need to be through language and then it's on me to be really observant as the parent and to notice you're stomping your foot you're not mm. telling me with your words but i'm watching you stomp your foot and i understand that that's a thing that you do when you're frustrated and now i can work to relate to you through that lens and help you and help support getting needs met Because so often it is that, right, at this age, you know, like food, water, sleep. Snuggles. Same for me. (laughs) Snuggles, yes. (laughs) So often it's the same for me. But really trying to make that more multidimensional and not be so weighed down with language. Yes. And I heard you say in there, it was something about not using language. And I have that there's like the word version of language and then there's body language and then there's right. Like that they would be showing you through language. It may just be that they're doing this with their arms, which no one else will be able to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Opening up to the reality of how we communicate and not just saying, use your words. Yes. The fullness. Cause that's like for me, I have such a, difference also slash judgment just to be real of the <laughs> phrase to use your words <laughs> where again I like similar to me to you're not listening uh I think sometimes 
the phrase use your words or you're not listening the phrases um come from this place of like I, as the parent, am requiring that the child meet me in the form of communication that is going to be the easiest for me to understand or do or in the form of like your behavior that will be the easiest for me to be with in this moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Contrasted with like, hey, I asked you to do this thing and I see you're not doing it. I'm not getting what I want right now. And then the in-between of like, for me, when I don't want to just demand and force Unicorn to do stuff, the discomfort of honoring her sovereignty of she may have a fucking no for it. <laughs> and given that what now? Mm-hmm. Right? Like in that circumstance, then how do we meet that? And I think that's when a lot of the power over stuff can get played in of like, you just do it. And with the use your words, it's like I some of the things that we do uh, with unicorn, like we being Eric and I, and our communication with unicorn is like, Hey, it seems like, um, it seems like you don't want to use your words right now. And then I'll be like, I'm willing to guess. Do you want me to guess at what you want? And she'll like nod yes or no. And then I'll just start going through stuff. Is it food? Is it like, I'll do the higher level things. Like, is it that you're wanting like the basics, like you were just saying, is it like a food thing? Is it a sleep thing? Is it hydration? Right. And, and I think too, there's this piece of that that keeps the responsibility in her lane of attending to what it is that she has going on inside of her Mm. and getting to do a, like a check of sorts of like, is it food? Is it water? Is it rest? Is it nurses? You know, like, or whatever. And, and there are times when I'll be like, hi, it seems like you don't want to be using your words right now. And I'm not willing to guess. So (sighs) Um, I'm going to sit here with you. And if that changes for me, I'll let you know. And if what you have going on changes for you, you let me know. And then it's being in the uncertainty, you know, just the, the murky middle of that, of like, there's nothing that's being clearly defined necessarily. And I'm honoring where I'm at and I'm not going beyond what I am willing and able to do in that moment. Mm. And I'm also not asking that she do that either. Wow. Oh, I just, I'm swimming, swimming in these words right now. Hmm. That is so impactful to hear. I find so much value in, because I struggle with language so much of the time, with with words in particular, um, having phrases and having something in my pocket that I can pull out in those moments, because my brain will just fritz. Mm. And and <laughs> these are the moments when I when I hear the question, what would Nick do? <laughs> I can feel myself going to say a thing and being like, I don't even I don't fucking agree with that thing that's about <laughs> to come out of my mouth. I'm not gonna I don't want that to come out of my mouth. I don't know what to p- replace it with. And then I just fritz and I will literally go to Daily and I'll just be like, I just uh, uh, <laughs> I, just, I don't know what to say and I can see them just being like what is going on and then, you know they'll, they'll, uh, often it comes up when they're, there's a moment of friction and then they'll ask me a question of like why you know why do I need to do this or why do you and, 
I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to answer you. <laughs> and, and so having phrases in my back pocket, oh, that's so, it's so helpful. And especially through this lens of wanting to lead with competence. Yeah. Wanting to foster competence. And it's, uh, I think, a, a kind of a lens on a perspective of Montessori for us, we've been working with that for a long time since Delu's been born and that idea of fostering independence and mm. facilitating that in their environment. Yeah. And there are moments when I find that I am tired. And so often this feeling of I'm not getting what I want and I'm putting conditions on you is because mm. my needs haven't been met. And I don't have the capacity in the moment to give to the relationship what I desire giving Mm. because I'm running on empty. I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't eat breakfast. I haven't had enough water, whatever the the condition is. That's been so much of my experience or I'm in pain. I mean, that's huge too. Just having this experience of chronic illness so often when I'm in pain, I don't have the capacity and I just want to get through the thing. And then I have to sit back and and remember, and that is not your responsibility, Delu, as a three-year-old. My pain is not your responsibility. You get to express, you get to do whatever it is that you're doing. And you don't need to change your behavior because I don't have the capacity to relate to you in this moment. How can I just acknowledge? And that's what I've been working towards is just saying, I'm in pain. I, I am, it's hard for me right now. And that's not for you. That's just mine. It's hard. It's hard for me to feel patient. And Mm. My frustration is not your responsibility. And I know a lot of these words, too, are still kind of flying over their head at three. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, may, and maybe not. And maybe not. <laughs> so, I mean, some of them, I can see them look at me and just kind of scratch, you know, that, sure, yeah. that curious look of like, I don't. <laughs> those are new words. Um, but just using them, you know, not not trying to baby these concepts down yes. just speaking to them as I would speak to a friend and then being able to be in dialogue when something comes up where they don't understand. I also yes. know I, I was going somewhere and then I went in a different direction and I didn't pick up the thing and I forgot where I was originally going. And I, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you liked having things for your back pocket I don't know if you're fine with it. I'm fine with it, but (laughs) just acknowledging my brain took us somewhere else and I don't remember where I was trying to go. (laughs) I resonate. (laughs) (laughs) That just reminded me when you talk about this piece of I have what I have going on. And it is not your responsibility to change what you have going on just because I have this, like to your three-year-old. Just yesterday was in a conversation with Uni where she really, I don't even remember what exactly it was. She really wanted 
something. She's like, can I have that thing? And I had said yes, but it, there was some sort of a time thing where like we weren't going to get it for an hour or whatever. And she was just like, can I have that thing? And I was like, yeah, dude. Yes. I said, yes. And she was like, can I, like, can I have that? Can I have this thing? I want this thing. I want this thing. Can I have this thing? Right. And that's where I was just like, in that moment, like you said, that experience of having things come into your head that you don't even agree with. And <laughs> like, <laughs> this, like this thing come into my brain, which I did not manifest out of my mouth, but it was, if you keep fucking asking me for this thing, I am going to switch it to no. So you'll just shut the fuck up. Right. Like that's basically like that thing. And what I instead did was I took a breath and I was just like, Hey bug. Um, I'm really celebrating your willingness to go after what you want so hard. Oh, so committedly <laughs> you are. I see you going after this and I do not have the capacity to continue to tell you yes when I have already told you yes, and that my yes is not going to change. So I want you to know you are welcome to continue asking for it, and I'm going to decide not to respond for the next five minutes. Oh, wow. And that, that too, right? Like, there's this piece inside of me of like, shut it. I don't want to hear this. And like, that's how our resourcefulness and our commitment to going after what we want gets squelched. Well, I'll speak for myself. That is mm -hmm. how my resourcefulness and willingness to go after what I wanted got squelched by being told no or if I went too hard after it that the yes would turn into a no yes. stuff like that Fuck. and so like Fuck. having the frame of celebrating when she is so committed to getting what she wants while also letting it be okay that I'm not going to continuously spend my energy continuing to tell her yes when I've already told her yes and my yes won't change like being able to navigate that dynamic too is such a wow. complicated <laughs> dynamic sometimes oh. just because of like the stuff that comes into my head and the stuff I actually want to say out loud there's often like a disconnect <sighs> there's such a disconnect and that <laughs> being able to create that moment of pause to mm -hmm. <sighs> take a breath and be with it. I'm I'm right. also just tucking that phrase in my back pocket. I'm <laughs> celebrating that your your willingness to go after what you want. That's so beautiful and so impactful. And I'm I've been reflecting a lot lately on the ways that I am expecting Daylu to do something that I'm not even doing. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> There, there are a few moments that I that are coming to mind. There's one thing that I feel is kind of a pattern of being in the car and they're crying and I'm trying to focus on driving and I also have a lot of noise in my body because of pain and sleep deprivation and whatever the condition is there and and driving can be difficult though it, it is getting easier because of this new treatment I'm on but my hands um, are often in a lot of pain, so it's hard for me to grip the steering wheel. And there's a lot going on for me. Yeah. And having the no and feeling the pressure of that of I'm in pain, I'm really tired. My like I can feel my eyes kind of rolling in moments when I'm driving, and I'm I have to work so hard to focus and stay safe when I'm driving. And I feel so grateful I live in this little sleepy town because there is not a lot of traffic and I don't have to go far. I'm not sitting in traffic for hours. I, I would not be able to drive if yeah. we lived somewhere that had more traffic or was any bigger than what this uh, town is. Yeah. 
in those moments when there's already so much going on for me and then Daylu is having an experience and they're crying and screaming in the back seat, what I'm expecting of them, just be based on what I have capacity for, is that I need silence because I have so much noise and in, in stimulation and input and I am trying to keep us safe. And I have the weight of if I fuck up right now, we could die. Yeah. You know, that's like the 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 pressure of like I'm holding our hands and our our lives in my hands right now. And my hands don't have the capacity to hold very much. Right. They're in pain. <laughs> They're in <Hello>. pain. So <laughs> I'm I'm doing all of that and I it, there's so often this moment when I will find myself saying, "Delu, can you just <sighs> Is there any way you could tell me what's going on for you?" Mm. And I can feel the mech- like I feel that it happens like the reaction comes in and in that I can I have grabbed it Every time it's happened, I've been able to grab it, and I'm really proud of that. Yeah. Where I can notice what I'm about to ask of you is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous for me to expect you at three right. to do a thing that I am not doing at almost 30. <laughs> can you just, what? What do I want? I want you to be able to quietly process your own experience and bring it to me in exactly the way that I am desiring you bring that. What the fuck? (laughs) No, like that's not real. That's not real. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. I don't do that as an adult. I don't, when I'm in relationship and I'm not getting what I want, guess what I do? A whole lot of fuckery. A whole lot of fun. I'm getting I'm getting more in relationship with that and I still do that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're three. They're at the age where doing the fuckery, <laughs> the relational fuckery, is developmentally appropriate. Because as a, all the things they're they're learning all the things as a as an almost thirty year old, I often will revert back to my three year old self. Yes, they're at the age where it is absolutely appropriate. So there's there's that kind of moment where I'm expecting something of them, and then there's a, there are these other moments where it's often when they're having an emotional release and of some kind, uh, and and Delu is I mean so articulate with their experience even when it's not with words they they're communicating very clearly with us and and often they are labeling their emotions i mean and they've Mm. been doing it for a long time we've i've really tried to tried to i've really worked to model that for them Mm. and I am still getting in touch with my emotional experience. So there's still gap moments where I'm sitting back and what what am I doing right now? What am I feeling? What is this that mm. I'm experiencing? Yeah. I don't know the word for it. Uh, and so I'm making those efforts. And as we've been modeling that, they really have been leading in their experience with this is what I'm feeling. So it's, you know, I would say it's rare because I've had a lot of experience with children. And so I have some gauge here. It feels rare to have a child that 
is leading with. I'm, I feel frustrated. I'm frustrated. (laughs) And then they'll follow it up with, I'm hungry. You know, Mm. uh, oh, wow, wow, look at that. Like, okay, honestly, I'm not even often doing that. I'm often blaming and judging and doing whatever fuckery I'm up to instead of acknowledging I'm frustrated and I'm hungry. Right. (laughs) Hello. Hello. (laughs) But I notice these moments where because of the way that I desire modeling conscious awareness for them they'll have an emotional release and i will sit in that moment and work to be in in the space of let's take a breath let's Mm. you know and then i step back and i'm like buddy you're not even doing that yourself how often are you in moments of tension (laughs) and having an emotional release and pause to breathe so I just am taking that in more and more of where am I expecting you to do something that I have not even gotten skilled at yet right and I'm working on those skills I mean it's not to say that they're I am breathing more now than I have Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been I've been working with meditation for almost 20 years and I am still working at these skills so I, I feel like I just went on a big long tangent, but it is just these these subtle ways of noticing that I expect my three-year-old to do something that I have not even really grasped. Right. And learning how to sit in the discomfort of the fact that I have not mastered that skill and I desire having the ability to model it for my child. That's really what it is. Yeah, I, it's the desire to say I. I just want to support you in being as resourced as possible, and I feel incompetent. And what do I do with that feeling? How do I mm. not put that on you? How do I not make that your problem? How do I not make my incompetence your problem? Oh my god, that that right? Like there's. <sighs> There is such a, when I say cultural, I'm referring to here in the States because this is where I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't have the lived experience of being raised anywhere else. But so here in the States, I experienced there being such a cultural norm of requiring that the child be different so the parent can be okay. (sighs) Right. And like to the point where there's a time that we went out with uni and a member of our family um, and our, and this member of our family had a friend who had a particular skin condition of like the, like the skin on this person's face kind of like sticks out in little bits here and there. And um, uni was two at the time. Uni was two. Uni looked at this human, I think maybe greeted the person and then didn't say anything. And then afterward, the family member was congratulating or like celebrating or telling Uni how good she was for having not said anything about this person's face. And I, and this is, I wasn't there when this all happened. And afterward, I was like, what? No. (laughs) And this was like before I was skilled. Um, But I had this huge response afterward where I was like, Uni, like, 
know it's okay to point out like I didn't have the words for difference I think at the time in the same way but I was just like people are different and it's okay to notice that Mm -hmm. right and it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to ask questions Mm -hmm. and people are responsible for their own boundaries around that right like this family member was like, well, I know she's really sensitive about that. I'm like, okay, cool. And her sensitivity, not my two-year-old's responsibility to tend to. Oh, no. yes. So no. Also, those folks are like <laughs> 60s, 70s. So I have like a big, like, no. Right. And again, though, like to bring in this piece of like, this is how it's done. It's so much the cultural norm and the cycle of socialization to make children responsible for my okayness, like for the grown-up's okayness. You change so I can be okay. Don't be rude so I don't feel like other people are judging me. You say please so that I feel appreciated. Use your words so I don't have to guess. Stop having big feelings so I don't have to tend to mine, right? Like it's just this, there's so many of these patterns which are so normalized that like at the heart of my work, I'm working to like uproot all of that shit in me and in my relationship with uni and supporting other folks and doing the same in their relationships with themselves and with their kids. But that piece of, I learned about it, like Jen McCabe calls it dependence, which is like, where do I want you to be different so I can be okay? Essentially, and I don't know about codependence, so I separate them because I don't know anything about what codependence is. Um, But in this, definition of dependence which is i like i need you to be different so i can be okay or i want you to be different so i can be okay that's like the foundation of normalized parenting here in the states yeah yeah in how many different ways can you try to require your child to be different so you can be okay yeah and so that they fit in with the cultural norms and like you know that oh your kid is so well behaved is it considered a compliment Yes, I'm rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> I'm just I'm on it. I'm on the judgment train. Clearly, I'm on right the now. judgment train too. And and <laughs> and there's judgment for myself in that too, because I'm not perfect on these. You know, I hold these beliefs, and the conditioning is still present. And there are moments where I am face to face with that desire to do something different, and yeah. the chasm between what I desire and what I have skill for. Yes. And that's why I'm going after getting skilled. I want to be more skilled because I would like to shorten that gap. Yes. And that's not going to happen passively. No fucking way. Not for me. I'm not that guy. I don't know if anyone is that guy. You know, honestly, I think Darren is that guy. As a reflector. That things can passively change. Well, okay, not passively, but in the way that, okay, just like bringing in human design. Yes. Darren is a reflector and who he surrounds himself with actually shifts how he is in the world. It's okay. so fascinating to watch. He's not a person who takes classes. And when he is around people who are doing that, he just absorb like he integrates mm. what they're integrating. Like he and I can see it as I'm going after skills and as I'm doing this work with James Olivia, like our dynamic has changed so much. And now we're in this, I mean, it really is like two mirrors looking in, you know, and just being like mm. bouncing this information back and forth. And it's just 
the reflect that reflector dynamic of pulling in what's around them. It's very fascinating to me. Yeah, it's very fascinating because I'm somebody who's always like, "What class can I take? Like next class, next class." Like that's Dang. my projector archetype. I think in some way of just peak, you know, following my curiosity. I, I I hold I I don't identify myself with human design. I notice where what is true for me that is reflected in human design. I want to yes, say that like the right. person centered approach to the, human design. Yes, like here's who I am, and oh yeah, that's very accurate for me. And yes. it's just a thing I've noticed uh, in this in this dynamic is that it is this uh, the the reflector, which is a rare type. Hmm. It's not yes. many people. Um, but that's it's fascinating for me to watch how different that experience is compared to what my experience is and what other you know generators and manifesting generators of the, I'm just like you really you don't take classes you don't like interface you're not taking he doesn't like read stuff and take in thing information in that way yeah he exists in the world and reflects back the community it's fascinating to me anyways that's yeah. such a tangent but i you know just I in the that. human design realm i'm so fascinated by <laughs> we're all learning and growing and um and and experiencing life and expanding as adults and uh parents all these ways and and the way human design factors in too has been really yes. fun to look at that and delu is a generator I'm a projector. Darren is a reflector. Darren What's and I lose authority. Oh, sorry. I don't know. Oh, wait, I have their chart. I can pull it up. I'm so curious because uni is uh, an emotional projector Ooh. and getting familiar with her emotional wave has over the last year has changed. I would say like everything about how I show up in my relationship with her. Wow. Um, and so that piece of recognizing that she's emotionally defined and that she has a it's like it's a year later now from like learning that she's that her authority is emotional it's almost like i'm unconsciously competent at being able to relate to her and how she naturally experiences her emotions and the wave yeah but it was a real like adjustment for me for a while because the way that i i am emotionally undefined and i experience my emotions very differently. Wow. And that when she's having an emotional experience, I amplify it through my own stuff. And so like being able to take care of myself in the face of being around an emotionally defined human who's going through her own wave, like those pieces have been huge. So I'm like so nosy about Dayla's authority. (laughs) I love that. I love hearing. And yeah, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before we started the official recording but just how understanding the people in our lives through this lens and and just what i've been really enjoying doing is just trying on the the cues of you know wait for the invitation or you know give a lunar cycle to making a big decision just trying on giving space for that in the dynamic and seeing what unfolds it's so fascinating because it really has been impactful. Okay, and I also, I don't know a ton about human design. It I, I've really just started to scratch at it. And it's only in the last year that I even really knew what my chart looked like. And um, so I'm still very new to all of this. I don't really know sure. what it all means yet. And I know there's so much in this realm. 
Okay, so Delu is a generator with a sacral authority, a single definition, and they're a 6-2 role model hermit. Okay. This is their chart. Oh, mine looks very similar. Oh, they have lots of very open areas. I am not a human design reader, but I'm starting to get slightly more familiar with things. That's <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Um, what? No, no, you go, you go. I'm so curious what you know. Okay. So I'm also a sacral generator, and one of the biggest pieces of learning for me over the last year, as I've been sinking into that, is my my yeses and my nos are almost immediate. And they also come in like the most primitive, quote unquote, primitive form where like grunts <gasps> Ooh. and noises like nonverbal is like, mm-hmm, mm-mm. or I'll be like, mm, like move, the way that I move my body, like lean it in for a yes or move it away for a no. Like all of these things that I was so conditioned away from being able to just do as a way of rendering what I had going on in me. It was like, that's not polite. You can't say that. You know, like, I don't know, Eric will be like, hey, do you want to eat this? I'll be like, ugh. Like, that's, like, I've had to decondition or recondition in a new way myself to be willing and able to actually just let that first response be the response. Yeah. Because that is what is correct for me with my sacral response. And I also find that decision-making is so much easier for me when I'm presented with options. Like, if someone asks, like, what do you want to eat? It's like, please give me two choices. Like, yeah. when Eric asks that, and now we've, like, been working to, in each of our, like, designs for a while now. So he's very generously willing to be like, hey, do you want to have this or this, right? Or, like, presenting me with options. Or if he's not willing to decide, he'll be like, hey, are you willing to decide for tonight what we're going to do on our date, right? Like, but just sometimes the vast open field of options is very overwhelming for me and I have a much more difficult time like picking one as opposed to the wait to respond Mm -hmm. right like I don't have to wait for the invitation and I know it's different like I can respond to ideas I can respond to energy I can respond to a lot of stuff but I find that responding to options makes things a lot fucking easier for me it's so cool to hear that because we we've been using choice theory since Delu was I mean, before they were verbal. Mm. And so leading with that, you do you want this or this? You Here are your options right now. And it's we're in an interesting phase with it, right? At this particular moment, because they're entering this phase where they're leading with no. And then they're then they're considering what is actually being yeah. offered. And so, you know, <laughs> we had this really funny moment the other day on Saturday. I asked, do you want to go to the beach today? And they were like, they said, I don't like, mm, I do like the beach. You know, I could feel them just lead with no, like that energy of no. And then they're oh, wait, yes. Oh, the beach. Oh, the yeah. beach. Yeah, that sounds great. And then there was another moment yesterday we went, um, I went and got a coffee at our local coffee shop and I asked them when I was getting out if they wanted a latte, which, you know, we kind of are blending uh, Italian, Sicilian and English. And so latte is the word for milk in Italian. And so, you know, obviously I'm not giving my child a freaking latte. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) A generator child. (laughs) Yeah, gosh, I would. (laughs) No. Um, So I, you know, I asked them and I asked them a few times because I know we've been in this dance with them leading with no and then reconsidering. And so, you know, they said no multiple times. And I went, I got my coffee. I didn't get them anything. And when I 
got back, you know, they were running around and playing with Darren. And then when I got my coffee, I came back and they're like, oh, is that for me? And I was like, <gasps> no, you, nah, dude. you told me no. And we got in the car and we left and they were, you know, having a, a meltdown in the back about it. And I mean, and it's also just so, I just, I just really want a latte. We go back to Beacon, please. It's so sweet. And then, you know, taking that as the opportunity to model, you know, this was your decision. And next time you can make a different decision. That's a thing I've been saying a lot lately. Your decision this time was this. And next time you can make a different decision if you don't, if you aren't enjoying the results of this decision. You can change it next time. Right now, that's not the choice we have. Right now, this is what's on offer. And so we really, you know, we 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 worked through it, and it took us like fifteen minutes of of talking about it and reaching the points in the conversation where you know we're all in the car together, and we you know just feeling tired and feeling the 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 day. It was that time of day where the energy is dipping and it was really overcast and gray. And, you know, everyone's energy was just low and feeling the tension and feeling the friction of, I don't know what to say because I feel like I've said all the things that I can say. Yeah. Uh, We've had all, like, I've, you know, I know that you understand because this is not, uh, this is a thing we have regular conversations about. I know this is a perspective that you grasp and work with and and they're still having their experience. And at a certain point, I just, you know, was really exasperated and, and just said, I hear how upset you are. And I didn't say anything else. I just left it at that. You know, I can feel the mechanism in me that wanted to keep giving them options and wanting to keep, yeah. you know, reiterating like this was your choice and, and, and just stopping and saying, I hear how upset you are. Yeah. And that's it. And then, you know, actually very shortly after that, there was a there was a shift in experience. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with uni being an emotional projector, like having the inner authority of being emotional, I find that talking so for me, talking while I'm having feelings is very supportive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was going to go fix my glasses that are not on. Um, <laughs> that was funny. It's so um, and for her, I've now discovered how much it is not supportive for her to have any sorts of words while she's feeling through her feelings. And so the most consistently supportive way of being with her and her feelings that we have found is to pick her up. Oh. Just we pick her up and we co-regulate and I just be there. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, like little things like that are like big feelings, right? Like just stuff like that, not asking her to name it. Cause there's this way in which I've kind of done a roundabout, not roundabout. Like I think all the steps were necessary, but cultivating an intentional relationship with my emotions has required like, well, I was asked to stuff them for much of my life. And then when I decided to be more intentional about feeling them, naming them was supportive for me. And now I've moved beyond the intellectualizing of them actually being supportive, where now I just attend to the physical sensations that I am experiencing Mm -hmm. without needing to name them. But talking about what I have going on is really helpful for me, not just like, I'm frustrated, but just like, oh, I'm feeling a tightness in my stomach, like da-da-da, and just talking all that through. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with her, it was basically like I tried to do that with her because that's what works for me. And she like, without saying it, she had a fucking no for it. <laughs> and so we just we pick her up and she'll do she'll just kind of like slump onto like my shoulder or whatever. She's getting so big that this is not going to be possible for much longer, but she'll just lean into her feelings and feel them all through. And then the fascinating part is when she is done, she's done. Mm -hmm. She's just like, cool on to the next. And I am still in the wake of the big feelings and tending to my own self. And so recognizing sometimes where it'll be like, Hey bug, I'm still taking care of myself after that. So I'm not available for this right now. And like, I'm going to sit here for the next five minutes and do some breathing. And then I'm going to come join you. Like, mm-hmm. again, not being like, you made me feel this way. It's just like, hey, I'm having an experience in response to the experience you were having. And I'm going to take care of myself. And now that you're sorted out, like you've moved on to whatever the next <laughs> thing is, I'm going to be here like in this wake of that taking care of me so that I can then come and meet you in it. But that like recognizing how for me a lot of the talky stuff was an attempt to like fix Uh if I were to like really Uh I was coming from the fix mindset and now I'm coming from the have you felt through whatever you needed to feel or wanted to feel through mindset and um and have I (laughs) I oh it's so beautiful to hear one I feel so uh similar to uni and and different in the way that it ends for me but Often when I'm in the experience, I just want to be scooped up. Like I treat me like a little kitten, like just scoop me up and let me curl into your lap and just pet my head and let me cry or, you know, that's so often my experience and not a thing that I, not a thing that was okay (laughs) in most of my life. And I am learning how to understand that and and tend to myself in that too yeah you know and uh, so often my experience is i do want another human to come and just squeeze me yes and how do i make sure i'm taking care of my okayness if that is not available weighted blankets have been a huge thing big cozy sweaters that have a lot of bulk have been a big thing taking moments even just three minutes to have a meditation drinking a glass of what what you know i found my things and i'm still discovering them and having that feel like i understand that feeling so deeply of just uh just scoop me up so i can lean into this mm. and be contained it's almost what it feels yeah. like for me is uh can you be my bowl so i can be water for a little oh, bit oh wow and then i'm going to put myself back into a shape and you don't need to hold me but for a few moments can you just be a bowl so i can let myself dissolve into this experience. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Also, I've just noticed the time and we oh my talked gosh. about doing those questions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, okay. it's been a hundred so, hours. I, there's so many, there's so many, so many things. Okay, one, I just, we use bug too and I love that. I love bug. Oh. There were other things that I wanted to say and I'm probably going to listen back to this episode and make notes so that next time we talk we can have yes. more conversations about them. There were, yeah, I'm not remembering right now, but uh, let's get into questions because we have let's do it. 20 minutes left. Okay. Uh, how do you define relating to self? Uh, 
I think I would have it be twofold. So there's cultivating an awareness of what I have going on inside of me. That's the first part, the awareness part. And then the second part is like in order to actually relate to myself, often there is like a decision for me to make or a practice for me to do of like, okay, I have the awareness, but the awareness alone is not enough for me to actually like relate to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's an awareness plus an action, I guess I would say. Mm. I like yeah. that alliteration. I do too. <laughs> I know that's a thing for you too, alliteration. It's really a thing for me. <laughs> so that's really satisfying for me that to get to witness that just come out naturally. <laughs> uh, I love that awareness and action. Uh, I love hearing people's definition of this. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. What does creativity mean to you? Fuck. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like to manifest something that hasn't been there before. And I don't mean manifest in the spiritual bypassy way, but literally like to make apparent or to make real or to make tangible mm. um, that which was not there before, like to create. I yeah. Like I've never thought about that. Thank you for that question. Ooh. And that's what I just came up with. So fun. So that might change maybe next time you're on totally. the show, you might have a new answer. That's fun. Yeah. I love, I love getting to see that the spark of a, of a new consideration. Yeah. And also just holding that lightly. So lightly. So I, yeah, this is definitely a thing I feel so much more capacity for these days of understanding how long it takes to chew and chew and chew and chew on distinction. And my congruence with so many things lately has been I chew <laughs> because what I'm, what I'm really understanding is that the these questions that spark that like oh i've never considered that before there's a whole universe of nuance to go explore and when i just peek my head in to that universe i'm going to get one view of things but as i start to explore and get into the all the little pebbles on the ground and the leaves and the you know i'm really just like this is a whole world I'm going to understand a lot more about that thing. So I, I'm appreciating getting to hear the first spark right. of what what your past is looking into that world and then uh, excited to hear how that might evolve yeah, in the future. I'll definitely be marinating on that. I'm also really, this is a side note, but kind of not. I'm wondering, <laughs> are you taste cognition with human design? Do you know what your cognition is? I don't know about that. Okay, after we end this, we can <gasps> ask more questions. I'm so curious. Okay, yeah, I'm so curious. I haven't even heard those words together. Okay. I'm neutrally inspired by that question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. What one life skill do you think could dramatically change our culture if we all personally attended to it? Unconditional positive regard. Mm. <laughs> and like, really, it's the four skills, though, because they are all required. <laughs> they are all necessary and sufficient to relate. Um, uh. And 
there is so much work that goes into character development on my like in my experience of it to cultivate the willingness to choose UPR because mm-hmm. it is not a requirement and it is not a value. And so um, doing the work to I am able and I'm not always willing and I am cultivating a larger and larger willingness to choose it more consistently. And that that's the one that I have the most, that I have currently the least willingness with. <laughs> so that's why that one came out first. <laughs> I've, I've heard that from multiple <laughs> students of the skills. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm neutrally inspired by getting to learn this skill. I'm so excited. I am so excited. You can, yes, you can feel the excitement for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, okay. What do you make space for and or effort towards every day? Regarding the fullness of my humanity and those around me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What are you celebrating about our world right now? I think while there are lots of things that I am not celebrating, I am celebrating. Founding. Um, Why? How? I don't understand. It's <laughs> the best. That was the best. <laughs> I'm celebrating, like, just folks bringing their difference more consistently. You know, I. It is not always easy, and I do not always appreciate it. And also, I have that trying to squash or erase difference is not the way forward. That is not going to lead to liberation. Mm. And so cultivating a competence to be able to relate to difference is supporting me in being more willing to turn toward Mm -hmm. and not just automatically continue to perpetuate the us versus them kind of mentality of you're wrong for thinking that. Yeah. So when people bring their difference, I'm learning how to prize it. And I think that that's an important part of how we are all going to get free. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. With you, with you in that. <sighs> There's so much there. Like what? what is liberation truly? We're not going to find our way there if we're continuing to put conditions on exactly. being. Yeah. Jen McCabe has this vision, which is you cannot oppose that which you participate in. For and that. like how often folks are participating in that which they oppose as the way to freedom. And it's that that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I've yeah. been really getting into relationship with that in myself lately because the way and we talked about this a few weeks ago in regard and i've mentioned it a little bit james olivia and i talked about it in the episode we did um yeah how i i really get activated around my ideas of what is 
what is a moral and just way to be in the world mm. and want to manipulate and coerce people to my side. Yes, same. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, this idea of a call out or a call in, you know, I went from calling out fiercely, righteously, loudly to then calling in softly and gently. And James Olivia, you know, <laughs> brought the word soft contempt to my plate. And I was like, oh, I am seen. (laughs) (laughs) So you start with soft contempt. Oh, yes. Yes, that's correct. Um, And just recognizing, you know, if I'm starting with contempt, if I'm starting with condition, we're going nowhere. I'm not relating to you. I'm already judging you and wanting to manipulate you. And I am coming with the same type of supremacy that I am trying to stand in opposition to, what? Right. How? Does not work. Yes. Does not work. I have my more alliterated phrases are like the contempt of convincing. <laughs> yes. There's the contempt of convincing and controlling and coercing. And then there's the integrity of influencing and inviting. Right? All Where of it's those like alliterations. people can have a fucking no. <laughs> are you neutrally inspired? <laughs> Neutrally inspired by your alliteration. <laughs> People can have a no. My, my excitement no. just overwhelmed your thought there. Sorry. <laughs> that happens. I love it. Uh, yes. Uh, so, so beautiful. Um, okay. What type of world are you creating? A world where people honor their own and each other's sovereignty, where they engage, well, first they're even aware of what responsibility is and then engage it. Um, And a world where folks are competent to relate to difference. Um, Like I'm on the track of learning how to facilitate the skills and yes, (laughs) you're excited. Um, And I have a big want to do a lot of like parent centered skills workshops to have more parents be skilled. God, this face. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish I could these are moments when I wish I could just meld the visual into the audio. I don't know how to say this <laughs> feeling that I have. I delight. Oh. I delight. I cherish. <sighs> yes. Yes. Here for that. Here for that. That's thrilling um i i really look forward to getting to interface with what's manifesting for you and how uh to expand my experience as a parent by welcoming more of your perspective in in Mm. to my mind and way i mean already just in this conversation i have new phrases and things my my pockets feel heavy with Mm. nourishing options yay oh my god i love that (laughs) i have lots of seeds (laughs) that's really thrilling and and uh i i feel more competent 
in this one conversation. <laughs> Yay! I will say I've been having a thing with the word competence. You talk about definitions. Oh, yes. <laughs> Share with me what you have. I have that competence is able. And so there's like consciously competent and then unconsciously competent. And so that competence is just able. Mm. And the dynamic piece that moves things from consciously competent to unconsciously competent is proficiency. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, I feel I feel more competent and not more proficient. I need to practice. <laughs> I <laughs> yes. desire space to practice. I, I will not die if I don't practice. I will still be right, right, okay. right, right, I will still exist. <laughs> right? That uh, refinement, refinement, refinement. Maybe you and me and James Olivia can do an episode where we talk about need and desire. Here for it. And yeah, that's it's been fun to pick at that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question here. What would you like to leave listeners with today? Not going to lie, I feel like I've already left them with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. <laughs> um, if they're even listening at this point, how fucking long is this? Like 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still here, I want to leave you with like an invitation into curiosity, mm -hmm. uh, particularly around how the language and the words you use both reveal and construct your worldview. Mm -hmm. Like I'm really, oh, I just had a bunch of spit come out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> it's literally making you salivate. <laughs> literally that. I'm, I'm up to some secret squirrel projects that have more to do with language and the specifics of language. And I'm really wanting to invite folks into considering how they use language, all kinds of language, and also specifically words. Um, in ways that are nourishing for you and in ways that are not. Mm. I delight in hearing about your squirrel projects. I love that you called it a squirrel project. <laughs> I will tell you my secret squirrel project once we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I am really inspired and activated around the same topic. I mean, like we you know, briefly touched on, but I I had a conversation last week, a week ago today, in fact, with mm. Amirio Freeman, who does the uh, Loam podcast. I'm not sure if you're oh, familiar cool. with them. Um, and they, we got into this whole topic as well through the lens of matriarchy and, Ooh. and, you know, kind of what, what world are we creating, uh, you know, and leaning into that. But the, I, I am really, finding a lot of inspiration in talking to people who are picking at this experience of language and seeing many people in the community who are going after being really skilled and um, conscious and, and, and investing energy in being that way in the world. And where it feels like we all just poked into the, our heads into this bubble and we're just now we are just like, oh, hey, let's let's go in here. Let's yeah. go in here to and we're doing it. So, like, I didn't know you were working on that. And I don't know if right. you knew that I was poking at language in this nope. way. And so, oh, how fascinating that we yeah. just are, you know, 
going after this particular way of being in the world, centering difference, competence, proficiency, uh, nuance. And now that's leading us to explore language and how we use it and how it uses us and how we can facilitate a deeper relationship there that supports this desire for a world that is built on autonomous interconnection, I want to say. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that for you now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I could talk to you all day, but let's, people probably are tired of hearing us giggle maybe i don't know that's an assumption mm. <laughs> maybe they're not uh please share how we can find you and work with you and stay connected Ooh, yes. um instagram is probably the platform that i use the most consistently my handle there is at nick strack n-i-c-s-t-r-a-c-k um, and i'm currently enrolling for two programs right now and uh one is called parenting is personal Mm -hmm. And it's all about literally personalizing your parenting to who you are and to who each of your children are um, in a group, which is intimate. There are seven participants. And the last two times I ran it, it was just, it is a fucking rad program. Like, I'm just <laughs> going to say, like, for me as well, like, I show up as the facilitator and also I get to learn and uh, expand my own everythings as well. Um, and the second one that I'm running is called Preparing for Parenthood, which is about supporting folks and asking the kinds of questions that I don't think society typically encourages people to ask before they are energetically impacted by parenting. Um, but that could really support folks in establishing nourishing practices before they're even parents and moving into that space with more clarity and groundedness of what they want to be up to as parents with complete regard for the fact that every child is sovereign. And so how do we tend to our own integrity and meet the sovereignty of the children we do not know yet? Um, oh. So I'm enrolling into both of those right now. So y'all uh, can find more information at the link in my bio on Instagram. And I'll be posting more about stuff there ongoing. When does enrollment close for those? Oh, solid question. Well, I haven't set a close date, but they begin on April 22nd and April 27th. Great. So, but the people will still get a chance once this yeah. episode is out. Yeah. And I'm assuming like two I actually weeks. never asked you when this was getting released. So I, I'm waiting for intro music, but I have a sense. I, I have almost 10 episodes queued up for the show. So uh, I think I might just do some batch releases early on um because all of the they're just great and i, I want to get them out to people Yay. so um you know in the next couple of weeks but certainly like first week of april i would say is probably the latest yay yeah thank you yeah also i i i didn't know you were doing this program about parenting uh or you know pre-parenting and i have been uh sitting with an episode for the show that I want to do about the things that I wish I had space to talk with people about before I got pregnant. And I wonder if maybe you want to come back I super want to come back. for that. Okay, cool. I was <laughs> yes, like, I, yes. I, you know, I've been, I haven't started it yet because I, I am, I was like, oh, I could do this on my own, but it would be a lot more 
enjoyable to talk with somebody. And so, yes. oh my God, yeah. Brilliant. Yay. Okay, well, that's really exciting. We already have your next visit. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yes. Fleshed out a little. Okay, uh, next track. I adore you. I cherish you. I delight in sharing space with you. And I am so, so grateful to know you. Fucking same. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Now it's time for Creatively Exploring, your opportunity to digest today's content through your own creative expression. Today's free write is made up of a few questions. So take a moment right now, grab a piece of paper and a pen, or grab your phone, or if you're driving, notice what the minute is on your screen so you can come back to these questions when you have space, even just five minutes. You don't have to dedicate a lot of time. Just a few minutes of reflection will really go a long way. So the questions this week are, what part of me is in pain right now? How do I attempt to delegate the responsibility of tending to this pain to someone else? How can I support myself and tend to my own pain today? If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the show, leave a review, share on Instagram, give me a follow at viana.novis, Call in anytime to the Creatively Relating hotline, one 2 1-833-273-5283, and come join us on Patreon for as low as $3 a month you can support the show, patreon.com slash viananovis. Music for today's episode was written and recorded by Zena Carlota at Z-E-N-A, C-A-R-L-O-T-A on Instagram and mixed by Brendan James Willing at BeWilling, B-W-I-L-L-I-N-G on Instagram. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Thank you.